Welcome back to the Black Company, everybody. This is Sci-Fi Fantasy Read Along. My name is Yule, and I am Illiterate Phil. Illiterate. Now you're a Luddite. <laughs> We've been having some technical difficulties, which we have overcome. We are therefore several minutes late to the party, so we're just going to jump right in. Do you guys have any objections? Negative. No, no ejections at all. Let's do it. All right, so we are covering chapters 26 to 30 in this episode. Chapter 26, Juniper, Lovers Parting. Shed parks his wagon behind the upscale eightplex where Sue lives and then heads around to the front. Yeah, I had a, a little bit of question at the end of the last episode on whether or not Shed actually understood that Sue was a prostitute. But within the first few lines of this chapter, you pretty much understand he probably realizes it. Definitely the narrator does, though. Seems pretty obvious at this point that he, he does. Well, he, he shouldn't be able to deny it, <laughs> after all. <laughs> she requires of him like gifts just to enter her apartment, etc. So I think it's pretty obvious. That's right. Shit is such a fool. He is a fool. But he's a fool that tips doorman. He's trying to make a show of things so that he has an alibi later on. He wants to be remembered going in and leaving without Sue because he has nefarious plans for her by all accounts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but his gift that he gives her is that medallion that he got from the Black Castle. It describes it, talks about how it's the snakes on it and it's... It's silver and rubies, and he tells her, it's ugly, but it's really well-crafted. Won't you have this? How much did you pay? Too much. Yeah, she's all, all about, how much was this cost? Of course she is, right? Yeah. She's, she, she would be. You know, She's all about money. She's having a great time. Like Her mission is not only to be you know, her normal whorish self. Do your normal job. She's also told, hey, get the extra gold from this guy, because it only helps me out. And, boy, it's like a license to steal. And apparently it's easy, too, because Shed is a ding-dong. Yeah, he's a ding-dong. And he can't handle his money, and he can't handle women. Truthfully, he does handle Sue in just a moment. He does, but you know what? I was, I was Shed when I was, like, 15, 16, 17, 18, maybe even, maybe even 20. I w maybe even yesterday. <laughs> Regardless, he's there. He's given her a gift. She's allowed him inside, so they have sexy time times two. He's super rough on the uh, first attempt. No, he takes her twice, man. He just goes in. Like... Well, he does. I mean, it, it, it specifically says in the beginning that he takes her rough. I imagine that he was winded by the second time. Yeah, he probably wasn't as vigorous. After they have sex, Shed gets dressed and he's like, Hey, is it possible? I've got this thing I want to show you. It's a surprise. Could you sneak out without being detected? He even tells her, like, Meet me out in five minutes because I'll get bearish if I have to wait for you. And don't forget to wear that necklace. <laughs> There's a Scissor Sister song. The guy singing the song is basically admitting that he watched this person. He got interested in this person. Then he's like, where are you from? Who knows that you're out tonight? Does anybody know where you are? And the answer is no. So he kills the person. Oh, my God. My alarm bells go off when I hear, like, does anybody know where you are? Can you sneak out? Can you go unseen? I'd just be like, no, none of those things. Assuming that the doorman's there to keep tra tabs on people that are earning money, sneaking out would be understandable because oh, you're supposed to be going out and making money, so you know, that type of thing. Oh, so you think she's like, or that the doorman is like a pimp informer? 
I kind of think he's there to protect the ladies. And keep tabs on them. Yeah, he's not a doorman doorman. One, you got to keep up the rabble. Yeah, I, I looked at him as a protector, yes, but I didn't think of him as kind of like, you know, the... He wears many hats, this gentleman. He's sneaking out might not seem so illicit, except for the fact that you're not making money during that time. You're right. Why yeah. don't we call Glenn Cook what? and see if yeah. he remembers what he was thinking at the time? That's right. You know, I don't know, but it seems like Glenn Cook has this... You know, intimate comprehension of how uh, whorehouses work. He was a Navy man. (laughs) In the alleyway, Sue is late, but she does show up. Shed is trying to hurry her onto the wagon. Like, let's get on. Let's get you up there. Shed has this internal monologue of, I would say self-doubt, but certainly his commitment is wavering. He does vacillate all the time. On his course of action, but in the end, you're right. He doesn't hold back, but he was. He's like, do it. Do it now. What do you got, Yule? So Shed says, or it says, the book says that Shed enfolds her in his arms, enfolded her in his arms. Yeah, okay, he hugged her. And that was interesting, you know, like he's bringing her in. I don't think he necessarily had to go and pound on her to get her to go with him. I think that's an indication that he's a lot bigger than her, too. If you can enfold somebody in your arms, I mean, it means that you outsize them quite considerably. Okay, okay, I like that. I I see. It was weird that he hugs her, and then he's pounding on her. He waits till she's not looking, and then he smacks her in the back of the head twice. She goes down, he gags her, ties her hands, and then he tries to tie her feet. And she kicks him. Savage beating she gets for that. (laughs) He kicks her back. I assume she's like laying down, and he's just like, one kick, two kick, three kick, you know? I don't think it would take long, and then she just wouldn't be fighting back anymore. Right. He's already demonstrated his temper. Remember how he killed Wally? And I honestly think he accidentally killed Wally, but he gave him a beating. He had an anger that was ebbing and flowing. And then right when you think, like, you know, he should feel pity for Wally, Wally just said something so so stupid. I was gambling. It, it got him pissed off again, and then he was back at it, you know. <laughs> but here, he's tied her up fully. He strips her of her amulet that he gave her, and he also takes her jewelry. 20 leva worth of jewelry. Dude, that is a fortune. How many years of labor is that? Because he got paid 112, and that was five years worth of work. One and a quarter years? Uh, Yeah, more than a year's labor. On her person. Just dripping. But she's propped up in the wagon, and they start heading back up to the Black Castle. Well, her for the first time. On the way... She is non-communicative at best, and Shed tells her, You were going to deliver me to the mercy of your friends. Now I deliver you to mine. And the gate to the Black Castle opens immediately upon their arrival. (laughs) The tall being is there. He has anticipated their arrival. There's kind of a hubbub around them. There's more than one creature. They're just standing in the recesses and in the shadows. And he tells Shed... Your partner never brought us healthy game. So that means Raven, like he did that one night, is always getting the people that are dying in the cold on the streets. He's killing the people that are being sent after him or that he's... Yeah, self-defense, absolutely. But they were always dead, with the exception of that one time when... He did not speak a lie. He, He was right. That dude was on his way out. He was going to die that night. Right, he's not healthy. (laughs) <laughs> and Craig had a broken back, but remember, it was Shed that put Craig in that wagon with a broken back. This tall, shadowy being 
counts money directly into Shed's hands, and it's a lot of money. Shed has to keep filling his pockets. And he doesn't even look at it. I think he's ashamed. Do you remember he always puts the money at the feet of the bodies? He always puts the money at the feet, but this time... He, he, well, this is a special... This time he calls him by name. He says Marin Shed. How does he know his name, first of all? And he's handing him the money. He's putting it into his hand like he's happy to do business with this guy. But is it just because there's a living person? Is it because uh, revenge or some sort of... Uh... I don't know what their criteria is, but she's valuable to them. There is a big difference in the way that he's presenting this person to them. His revenge. You know, he didn't need to do this. Shed. He could have just stolen her jewelry and what? He didn't have to do anything with her. It never needed to happen. You know, he could have paid dude off and said, you know, screw it. This was his way of making everything right for him. I think what we're seeing here also is that maybe Shed is more like this guy than Raven was. Come again soon, Shed Marin. Come again soon, yeah, Marin exactly. Shed. I had this internal thought process on how he would know his name, and I I honestly don't know. It, it wasn't mentioned in the previous interactions, but there's all sorts of ways they probably could have figured that out. Maybe they have spies in the city. Maybe it was mentioned by Raven. He never called Raven by Raven's name. That's true, yeah. I think it's more like saying, you're one of us. You're our kind of person. Why wouldn't they say that for Raven? Raven was bringing them the dregs. This tall creature says, we still want more bodies. They obviously appreciated the live ones more. This guy is bringing them what they want more than what is just serviceable. I try to put myself in Shed's position in life on the times, maybe all of us, when we were kind of down on our luck, either financially or what have you. Like, what would we do for a million dollars? Or worse, all right? What would we do for 10000 And then that was easy. And then what would we do for twenty, And so on and so forth. Well, I never joined the military, so you know I didn't get that hard up. Well, that's true. <laughs> but for one night of work, what, what would you be willing to do for $20,000 for one night of work? I could take dead bodies to a freaking black castle. That's what I could do. Gosh darn right I would. <laughs> I might not go back a second time, though. Uh, but Yeah, but then you think about that $20,000 and you're like, I'll do this again. That was easy. Yeah, but it's because the dude keeps getting in debt with everybody. He's so stupid with his money. God, we could go on forever. I do want to point out, and it's not for any... Uh, it's just because when Sue gets brought in, they immediately come and strip her down and take her off, and who knows what the hell is going on with her. Well, you don't have to wait too long to find out. Chapter 27, Juniper Banished. Croker is summoned before an irate Whisper. So Whisper would be a good-looking woman. No. She sounds good-looking. If it wasn't for, like, having, uh, you know... She's a weathered veteran, but she has a lovely voice. She is upset because a body got through the supposed cordon that the Black Company had set up. How were your troops deployed last night? And Croker kind of takes it like, they're doing all right. But she's like, no, I mean, like... Where were they at that time? (laughs) Croker defends the 25 of them that are there. He says there's too much going on for the manpower involved. But in reality, he knows perfectly well that they're working at odds to the desires of the Taken and the Lady. And he is getting sussed out. Whisper comprehends, or at least Croker interprets that, because she was a battle commander in her own right. And she understands the limitations of, of 
Any... If she knew for certain that they were working against her objectives, I think she would have just killed them. But she didn't. The Black Castle is very close. It's a portal. It's the release for the Dominator. She said that they got a body last night and they tried to get him out. It's just not quite ready. Oh. <laughs> like, seriously, like that could have happened last night. It was that close. But then I think, you know, Shed's going to take more people up there. Oh, they're that close. Like, one more could do it. One more. He doesn't know. And they're giving him more and more money. I mean, the temptation is strong with this one. It stresses me out when I read stuff like this. And it's just like completely out of your hands that there's some person who is pushing things forward and, you know. They have no clue. That's what stresses me out. Whisper knows, right? Yeah. The Black Company knows. And these what the creatures in the Black Castle like literally tried to release the Dominator last night. And the, apparently they were just a few hairs short of whatever power currency, dead currency they need to do so. Working at cross-purposes with the Taken means hampering the efforts of the Black Company. And Croker decides if it means releasing the Dominator, they can't really protect Raven and Darling. That's where he would come down on it if he has to come down on it. He's just figuring out like you know, what he can get away with and what he's willing to do. So it seems like Croker vacillates. He said, I knew I could not permit the Dominator to restore himself. If that turned out to be the only way we could keep the lady from finding out about Darling and Raven. So he said he can't do it. So no matter what, that's like taking a hard line that no matter what, he cannot. Dominator bad. Dominator bad. We will not let the, I will not let the Dominator loose because that's even worse. Even though the lady stinks, the Dominator bad. Yeah, but then just like two paragraphs after that, he's like, was I capable of sacrificing Darling to prevent the Dominator's return if it became the price? I'm like, didn't you just say that? We're talking about an almost innocent, right? Darling? Yeah, she's kind of like a daughter in a way. Well, I know, yeah, but know? let's be honest. I mean, if I, A mascot. Trust me, if it came between even a child that I know and love... To save the world, I would have to, I mean, I would be ripped apart doing it, but I'd have to do it. Not if it's Damien. Not if, not if it's the Omen. No problem. Push that stroller down the stairs, friend. But, I mean, darling? Uh, Come on. Oh, she's too darling. The only thing that separates the lady and the Dominator is her, her plans. Croker said she was more patient. But her end result's the same thing. They have the same goal. It's just utter domination. But she's more patient. That's it. Well, maybe you could release them both and they could fight it out and maybe they both die. That was like Godzilla. When they released King Kong, they would fight and one of them would like beat the other. And... That's right. And then the other one we could take out in the end. Whisper asked him, didn't I tell you to watch the Black Castle? And I was like, yeah, I remember that. She totally did. And then they didn't. And he's like, I can see it. It's right there. <laughs> Well, she tells him that a live body was delivered last night and that they can sense the consequent changes. Whisper says, let the captain worry about the mess that's created by you creating this cordon, but create the cordon. No more manpower is coming to you. We're not ferrying anybody in. He said it in a specific way. He's like, well, why can't we fly up some more men? And she says, no, the lady has forbidden that. And Croker comprehends this as in... They're trying to isolate us from the rest of the company. Because they don't want the moral infection to spread. If it is a moral infection. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's funny that they are suspicious of it because they're correct. And they're taking measures to prevent its spread. 
Croker uh, is dismissed essentially, and he goes straight to Elmo, and he they talk this whole thing over. And because they're isolated from the captain, who's only six or ten days away, Elmo's like, well, we should just get a message to him. Let me worry about that. Meanwhile, I'm taking over, by the way, because, Croker, you've done a bad job. And why don't you go scout the castle? And his line, Croker's like, he should have been in charge in the first place. I was wondering about that in previous episodes. Like, why is Croker in charge? They may- Because he was sleeping when Elmo didn't want to answer Whisper's commands or Feather or whoever the hell it was. I think it was just so this little mess up could occur. So that this ham fisted to me so that Elmo could take over and they could do it the correct way this time around. But like somebody had to get through that cordon and then they have to correct it. Right. Maybe. Well, either way, Croker has to answer to whisper. Yeah. That's kind of the reason why I felt he was in charge a little bit, you know? I don't know why, but it just, it seemed weird. Croker technically outranks Elmo, but Elmo's in charge of the mission. So shouldn't Elmo be reporting the whisper? Maybe he talk bad. Maybe he no good speaker. Croker's liked by the lady and all the on all the other people. Croker's at least literate, right? Well, <laughs> sure. We don't know about Remember Elmo. Remember Elmo not being able to count? <laughs> yeah, he counted on his fingers, right? <laughs> yeah, he's very skilled at squad commander or whatever he is, but he's not the best communicator. Well, Croker goes and scouts out the castle. He determines that the only way somebody bringing bodies up would be on the road. So he sets up a porous cordon. He finds an abandoned house just downslope from the Black Castle. They take up residence there. Did you get the humor there at the very end, the very last paragraph? Yep, old Croker is a brilliant strategist. Yes, sir. <laughs> people that had like legitimate business on that road they would rush out and harass them many false alarms yeah and that's horrible by the way because then you get desensitized to the danger chapter 28 juniper lisa so after a full day of self-recrimination Lisa rouses shed to pay some bills his mother's servants have arrived asking for money so he has to come downstairs and talk to these people. Lisa reminds him of the promise that he made. She is now the manager of this establishment. Don't you forget it. She's apologetic that Sue sucked. It's not her fault. <laughs> Shed is going to pay these people. So he goes back upstairs to get some money that shouldn't be there. And he realizes that, oopsie, Lisa noticed that I was going upstairs for the money that I shouldn't have. There's nothing you can do about it anyway. So he goes upstairs. He dumps all of his money out of his pockets from the previous night. And he's like, uh-oh. Yeah, you can't spend gold coins if you're a commoner in this place. You can't even possess yeah. it. And by the way, do you guys remember know America was like that too? Up until quite recently. Well, he's screwed. It's worth a lot. he got to break that somehow. Yeah, he, he goes through ways that people have done that too. They will sell it to a ship's captain who's just come into port, something like that. He doesn't have these options available to right now. But he still has 28 silver and a lot of copper. That's a lot. But they've got to be a workaround with the gold thing. I mean, honestly, all you do is find somebody and says, hey, uh, you know. I think he's <sighs> concerned about word of mouth as well. And the more people that know that you're doing a thing, the less security you really have. And right now, I don't think he needs the gold. I think he just wants the gold. Because like I said, 28 leva and then several leva worth of copper is a lot of money. Pay off his debts. It's not enough for him to get out of debt, but it's enough for him to take care of the business that he has today, for example. And then he remembers Sue's jewelry. It's worth 20 leva. Oh, yeah. It's worth more than that, realistically. Right. Because of how he chooses to use it. 
Does he say Jip in here also? Yes, he does. It's the same thing that happened to Asa, right? Raven paid Asa and the coin that he couldn't spend. Same thing happened yeah. to him. Yeah. Wait, how can he get rid of the gold? He doesn't. He stashes it with that amulet. Dude, serious. I would hide those gold coins like... Uh, Up your butt? Yes, just like exactly what I was going to say. The way Atian would in D&D. Mm. <laughs> Boop. You just pop it in there. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, she's a smart cookie. Lisa is a real smart cookie. Lisa is a smart Shrewd. cookie, and he wants to get away from her part of the deal. All right, so Shed says he's going out. He goes to see about Wally's family, give them some money. He's taking care of them since he committed that murder. And then he heads over to Gilbert's place. It must be dark-ish out. How could it be dark? It's in the morning. How does he see a light in the office? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Somebody's in Gilbert's office. He notices this. But unlike Craig, Gilbert does not keep a standing army around. So he has this idea, and he hustles back to the lily real quick. Back in the shadows near where Raven used to sit, there are some foreign sailors who missed their boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Foreign sailors. Foreign sailors. (laughs) So he walks up to them and he's like, hey, do you guys like money? And they're like, yeah, I like money. You know, he said, you men men like to pick up some easy money? And he's like, who doesn't? (laughs) I need some backup. I'm going to go do this thing with this guy and it may get vicious. And they're like, hey, let us get a friend of ours. He's just like, well, I, like, I'm not paying for more. And he's like, oh, no, he'll, he'll come. Just pay us, like, for two dudes and this guy will do it for free. And he's like, is he tough? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's tough. And who shows up? Tiny little guy, five <laughs> feet tall, thereabouts, with a frog-like grin. And Shed is just like, this guy is the tough guy? At Gilbert's, in front of two bouncers, they're in the front room. Shed says, I'd like to see Gilbert. And one of the bouncers says, suppose he doesn't want to see you. He don't got much choice, does he? Unless that fat's all muscle in disguise. (laughs) And then he pulls out a knife and he starts cleaning his fingers with it and sheds like, oh my God, it's just like Raven. It surprised him. It did. And they sit in the same place that Raven sits. Like all these things are like reminiscent of Raven, reminiscent of Raven. So Goblin stays in the front room and the rest go in to see Gilbert. Shed's like, hey, so the rumor is that you set me up with Sue to take the lily. The denial is not forthcoming. Gilbert's like, nah, just either do business or get out. And notice that these are all just black company guys, and they're speaking the local language. Just They are, but the funny part is just like, it's like, I want those creeps out of here. They give the neighborhood a bad name. <laughs> so apparently this is the buskin, and the black company is worse in some way. At least at Gilbert's joint. Let's just say that. I think that he is, you know, he's calling their bluff, as it were. He's doing the tough talk thing, that's all. You think so? He's willing to insult them to show that he's not afraid. I think that's all that is. One of the black company guys, they say to Shed, like, how much do you owe this guy? He has a figure. It's he inflated. Has a figure. It's, it's inflated, yeah, that's the thing. Well, Shed counts coins. He pays him in full, and once he's done, he throws the jewelry on the table, too. He threw down the necklace originally and then the ring. Not the necklace. He stashed that with the gold back at his place. He needs that still. He mentioned a ring because Gilbert recognizes a ring as having belonged to Sue, who is missing in action right now. 
Shed's very good about saying, like, I just saw her earlier today, or I saw her, you know, I haven't seen her in a day, you know, that type of thing. He has a good alibi, remember? But then he throws the ring in. Why does he do that? I know. That? It wasn't that smart. He liked to do it. He did it on purpose. That's He's a piece of shit, man. No, yeah. I, the dude is working towards evil. Like, he's he's right on the edge now. When Gilbert saw that ring, his eyes were like, whoa. I disagree. I think it was a blatant symbol to Gilbert that it's like, don't mess with me. This is what happens. But Shed gets his lean back. And destroys it immediately. And then he says to Gilbert, I still owe you. Out in the front room, all of Gilbert's men are asleep. Oh, yeah, that's Goblin, by the way. Grinning. They head back to the lily where drinks are on the house. He's getting rid of all of old Raven stuff. He's like, hey, I got all this wine to get rid of. He's like, is it that bad? He's like, no, it's that good. Nobody can afford it. Shed spends the evening sipping wine. The foreign sailors, who we know to be members of the Black Company, have departed. They have business elsewhere, which is probably true if you think about the previous chapter. Shed is comparing himself to Raven, and he considers himself worse than Raven because of the murders. (laughs) He gets very, very drunk, and he gets very, very self-pitying. Shed had told himself, I, you know, like he avoided all drinking because he knows that tongue wagging. Exactly, and here he yep. is drunk, and guess what happens? Well, well, Lisa's there. Lisa's upset that Shed put Olene on the lily. She doesn't really care about that, and I think Shed calls her out on that as well. That's true, but she's like, she's just trying to get information out of him. She's sure. looking for a handle on this guy who's bad with his money, and maybe she's worked there long enough that he, she knows he wags his tongue when he's been drinking. He shouldn't have had any money this morning, and he does again. She even asked about Sue, right? She starts off by asking, I heard you paid off Gilbert. How did you do that? How does she find out about that? It's at the end of the night. I don't yeah. know. It might have been by the you know customers. Who knows? There's the rumor sure. mill. It's been all day long. They have a long conversation, realistically. But remember how drunk he is. So I'm like, how is he going to remember any of this? I doubt it. But she tells him that she would do anything to get out of the buskin. And then his tongue does start wagging. And he tells about the silent partner, which is a euphemism for the denizen on the hill, I assume. Oh, I thought it was Raven. And then she's like, what happened to Sue? He tries to leave the conversation at this point, but he cannot get out of his chair. He's too drunk. (laughs) So he spouts some flowery to her. I would have gone into hell for her. He pushed her into hell, at least. Mm. <laughs> and then Lisa helps him upstairs. Yeah, there's some innuendo there, but she never... We don't need innuendo, buddy, because she helps him into his bed. She takes off his clothes. Then she takes off her clothes and climbs into bed with him. Yes, however, I would like to point out that I don't think they actually did anything. They couldn't. Shed was incapable. He's too drunk. He was one drink away from passing out. So all he did was hold her and then give her sob stories. Poor me. And she encourages this behavior because his tongue is wagging. Yeah, she's working him. She didn't even have to take her clothes off for this. She didn't, but that was nice that she did at least. It was nice. Yes, I agree. Chapter 29, Juniper, Payoff. Shed wakes up sick with a hangover, realizing he told Lisa a little too much information. He's already thinking like he's going to go downstairs and the Inquisitors are going to be there. There's a lot of racket or something going on. I don't remember exactly. But Uh. when he gets downstairs, Lisa's super cheery. She's like, what would you like for breakfast, Mr. Shed? Let me make you a hangover remedy. My dad uses it. You know he's a big drunk. 
What was the noise? It was clanging. It didn't matter because it was to alert us the fact that he was hungover. Oh, think, maybe really. that's it. Right. So he asks her, when are the Inquisitors coming? And she's like, they're not coming. Lisa's like, we're 50-50 partners now. I told you I would do anything to get out of the buskin. And you told me everything, and now I know. You're my ticket to ride, That's right. Like, he's already okay with the fact that she's running the place now, I guess. But that can't be good. When this guy's so willing to take somebody up to the Black Castle, I can't imagine that it's going to go well for Lisa in the future. I think she says, I have a letter with my dad. If I go missing, he's going to give that letter to Bullock. So don't even think about it, Mr. Shea. That's right. Yeah, she's she's clued in. She well, I had, I had this wild hair <laughs> when she said she'd do anything to get out of the buskin uh, that I was thinking that maybe she's already been recruited by the black company. I don't think so, do you? At this point, that's what was going on in my mind. She's very inquisitive. She's working really mm. hard. You know, the black company's there all the time. It would be a perfect insert. Because remember what Croker said. He's just like, oh, if one eye was here, it would be, you know, riding the buskin in, in no time. And that was kind of like one of their goals. So I was kind of thinking along those processes. Mm. It was a thought I had. Yeah, I mean, you, you did say that. I got gotcha. you. Yes, okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, so sometime pretty late, the common room is empty, and Lisa is planning a campaign of violence. Gilbert is first. They're going to kill him. That ha- He has to go right away. He's the most detrimental to everything. He, he could ruin it all. And then she's talking about how they're going to open up the inn at night for derelicts. It's for charity. And, for charity, and I guess she's talking about like one or two a night, just like offing them. Murdering yeah. them. Yeah, and then stashing their bodies outside until they have a wagon load and then taking a wagon load at a time up to the castle. Yeah, she's a real piece of work. Oh, my gosh. It's... Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, whatever I said about Shed taking care of Lisa, I don't know if I totally care anymore. Yeah. She's actually a really sharp cookie, and she has identified all the loose ends that Shed has created and has a solution to solve all of them. Unfortunately, she's very greedy, so she's going about this in the naive way that a young person with less experience would do it. But at the same time, it's clear she's ruthless. She's dreaming right now. She's thinking and she's planning. She hasn't committed any of these acts just yet. But it's also a way for Glenn Cook to let us know just how much Shed told her. That too, yeah. He told her everything. And she's fixing the loose ends that he should have already fixed. That man of Craig's that got away, he's got to go. That hired killer that did it in the blackmailer, he's got to go. And Shed the entire time is like, I have got to get rid of this girl before she destroys me. (laughs) And then he thinks that Raven did the smart thing and got out. Raven gave him the opportunity. Yeah, and he wasn't smart enough to take it. He always has an excuse. Mm. That's the thing about Shed. There's a Stephen King quote that I really, really like from The Gunslinger. Fault always lies in the same place with him weak enough to lay blame. That's Shed. A very appropriate quote. Absolutely. Lisa's plans start rolling. She has set up Gilbert, who is going to be alone at her place that night, and Shed's cue for coming in is a lit candle in the window. Lisa tells Gilbert that she wants to help him get the lily. And why don't you come on over and we'll talk about it under covers. Wink, wink. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Exactly. He's going to pay her 10 silver for this information. The plan goes like this. Once Gilbert is in bed with Lisa and she has her arms wrapped tight around him, Shed will go to work 
But Shed is kind of mad at her, so he makes her wait. So he's, like, letting her get a little bit of it so that she just fears whether or not Shed's going to do what he has to do. I think it was so that she would have to taste it. You know what I mean? She doesn't get off that easy. It's like she wants to do these hard things, then she's going to have to deal with some of the consequences. And Sure. Some of the consequences is dealing with Shed's pettiness, right? (laughs) Shed strangles Gilbert. He sneaks up behind him, puts a garret around his neck, and goes to town. And he says it took longer than he thought. So it would. Gilbert is like on top of Lisa, and I don't know if they're going at it or they're about to go at it. She's watching Shed. She's got this like mad look on her face when this is going so on. So maybe Gilbert's already there. <laughs> I'm not sure. He's in between. It's a Gilbert sandwich, and uh, Shed and uh, Lisa are on the are the buns. And he puts a garrot around Gilbert's neck, and she wraps her legs and arms around him to hold him down, and Shed is strangling him. And he said it takes a lot longer. And by the way, every single second of that act, Lisa has to look into Gilbert's eyes as he's strangled to death. Think about that. Yeah, she freaks out when she says words. She's like, I was feeling him, his life, like, leave his body. And she's catatonic, basically. Shed, who is now well-practiced in the art of murder, he deals with Gilbert's body. He gets it outside, he gets it onto the wagon, he covers it with a tarp. When he comes back in, Lisa is still not dressed, She's just out of it. Absolutely out of it. He has to herd her like a cat. Well, no, I guess you'd have to herd her like a docile animal because cats are not docile. Well, she's clearly in shock. This is where the rubber meets the road and all of her talks and all of her plans and all of, oh, we'll kill these people, do all this stuff. Yeah. And then you finally do it for yourself. You see it with your own eyes. You feel it. It's not the same. It's It's not the same. I wouldn't know. So on the wagon ride up to the Black Castle, Shed reminds her... Yes, remember how you said we were partners 50-50? Well, now you've committed a murder. You no longer have anything on me. They'll hang you just the same. And trust me, you go anywhere and tell any stories, the truthsayers will find you out. I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that was more like the ticklers who get you to talk. Yeah, I don't know either, but, you know, it's a magical world. There's no reason why. We've seen it in the past. Like, people can read minds. True. An element of this that I liked was that once they get past a certain area, the mules know... They know the trip. Exactly where to walk. Yeah. And Shed thinks to himself, like, how many times have they done this? Innumerable. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Raven we know. did this for so years. Many. Yeah. He did this trip yeah. for years. Yeah. So on the way up also, Shed is thinking about maybe he should sell Lisa to the people of the Black Castle, but he is unwilling to do so. He just doesn't have the meanness in him to do it. If you're talking about loose ends, but mm-hmm. he is worried about her father having information and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe just be CYA. He introduces her as his new partner. Yeah, because they were eyeing her. <laughs> oh, they thought it was another Sue. <laughs> Sue too. They are nearing completion, and they grow eager. They want more bodies like Sue. And then he snaps his fingers. This The tall denizen snaps his fingers, and they bring her out. She's still alive. He says that she has been used badly. Well, they didn't have to do that. They must have done it for a specific reason. Shed was looking around, expecting to see Sue somewhere in the building as part of the building. And the denizen is like, oh, no, she hasn't become part of the portal yet. And he brings her out. This is the plot hole, Yule. This is the plot hole. If they didn't kill Sue, put her in the castle, whatever they have to do, then how did Whisper know? Exactly. 
Yeah, you're exactly. right. How did Whisper know that there was a body taken? She said that they had sensed the changes that were wrought by the live body being brought in. Those are not the exact words. Something in there's feeding off of her or whatever. It's a plot hole. <sighs> I agree it's a plot hole, but at the same time, we don't fully comprehend what energies they're sucking out of people. Or how the transformation takes yeah. place. The other denizens force her to look up and to see Shed, and then they take her away again. And then she starts to scream. And the man, the denizen, pays Shed 30 silver for what he just brought in. Oh, he says, we have many uses for live ones. And disgusted, they leave. Ugh. You know, yeah. honestly, I think that's there are things implied there that are... Thank God they were just implied. Yes. Let my imagination go elsewhere. I mean, your imagination does plenty on its own, right? He doesn't need to get specific. It's just not. Well, I mean, that's the that's the way it works. You mm-hmm. know, if you don't specify something, then you imagine it's the worst to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, oh well, my my phobia is all about toenails and teeth. You know. Mm. So they depart to the sounds of Sue's screaming, and Lisa realizes how vulnerable she just was. And then I'm wondering to myself, did Shed realize when he was in the same position? Did he realize how vulnerable he was when he went with Raven? No. But was he? No, not really, because Raven wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But I'm not so sure about Shed. I'm just not. Shed was so dumbfounded back then, he probably was just taking it all in and didn't realize it. Yeah. Lisa is really, really smart. It was at the very end of this section... I, th- I don't remember the word. It's a really good line, though. Let me find it. The tall creature eyed Lisa with unmistakable meaning. Lisa read it. Let's get out of here, Mr. Shed, please. They're heading down the road, back towards the lily and the town proper, when out of the darkness materialized several men with bared weapons. I'll be damned. It's the innkeepers, what they said. Chapter 30, Juniper, More Troubles. Otto busts into the abandoned house to let Croker know that a man and a woman got past their blockade. They're going to get through. There's nothing they can do about that. They're going to have to get them on the way out, and that's just going to have to be good enough. So they get into position. They're about 200 yards downhill from the Black Castle, and they can hear a woman screaming. So we know exactly what time frame, yep. you know, it's all happening, right? At the very end of the last chapter. Here we are. And then here we are. In fact, I think they even use the same quote. They do. They jump out. The, the, we get the same line over again. And then, not surprisingly, Shed just kind of deflates. And then Lisa's like, I'm out. Boo. And she bolts. She takes off. <laughs> Shed just gives up. Oh, yeah. He's like the character in Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. He feels like he deserves to be punished. He's done wrong, and he knows it. Croker takes Shed back to that house, and he reveals that he is not an Inquisitor. Shed starts off being completely defeated. By his interactions with Croker, he starts realizing he may have some sort of position. Gleam of hope. That is even a better description, yes. So what is Croker pitching here, though? He's pitching a complicated plot. He says that you won't like my boss any more than you'll like Bullock. And somebody has to go and talk to my boss. So maybe you play dead and maybe Lisa goes to talk to my boss. We'll make it look like we rough you up. Shed knows too much about Raven. That's the rub. 
They can't let her go in front of the her. Uh, yes, they Whisper. can absolutely let her go in front of Whisper. They can let her. They can't let Shed. Is what I mean. Yes, Shed cannot yeah. go in front of Whisper. He would not survive questioning, and everybody would get killed. I'm sorry, guys. Like at this, they at, should at, just at, kill. Yes, her. exactly, Yule. Exactly. If there's so much at stake, who cares about what information you may you may glean or lose? I mean, just knife him right now. You're wrapping up a loose end. It's it's too risky. Oh, to- if I was a Taken and I was as smart as Whisper and somebody got through the cordon and they ended up knifed by one of the Black Company members, I'd be suspicious. If he just disappeared, never heard a thing about it, didn't know there was a man involved, fine. But you know they're going to send the girl to be questioned and she's going to give up Shed. I think it's right. a rock and a hard place. I don't think they could kill him. That's true. That's true. But they're going to pretend to kill him. They are going to pretend to kill him so that Lisa thinks he's dead. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So she may not give away too much information. Under serious questioning, Lisa doesn't know enough about Raven right. to give up anything risky. Cross your fingers. Yeah, yeah. So they do. They rough up Shed. And then when Lisa gets punched into the house by Otto, she sees Shed, but they don't give her enough time to look at Shed to think that he's anything but dead. When they start interrogating her, they give her the chair opposite him. That's true, but they don't have time. So when a when a Taken comes in, what it's like all the wind and it's noise and it's just like, you know it's happening. They're showing up. She got attacked like, by the Black Castle, man. Yeah, she flew her carpet over and they shot her down. There was the sound of the tornado, the clap of thunder, and she comes in and she's singed. She's like smoking. She's like, I got a little too close. <laughs> this is Feather. So it's a good thing, too, because Feather is kind of out of sorts. Maybe not thinking fully. Maybe not using her entire magic. I think she used most of her magic to protect herself from that right. barrage. So she's not quite the taken she normally is, is what I'm saying. So what does she miss? She doesn't get the idea that dude's dead, and not, or not really dead, at least. She takes Croker at his word that he got roughed up. And Probably a bad move also. Killed. Yeah. <laughs> no more people are to get through or you're going to be dead is what she says whisper will forgive this one because you caught them this reminded me of that really terrible movie aragon yeah i knew you're gonna say that (laughs) where john malkovich plays this villain whenever somebody doesn't do correct he says you will do what i say or i will kill you and then they come back and they're like, ah, oh, we failed to do this thing that you requested. And he's like, I will kill you next time you fail me. And then they come back having failed again. And this just goes on throughout the entire movie. It's, it's absolutely wow. insanity. Yes, you have failed me again for the last time. That is what Whisper is doing, essentially, by letting Croker not die here. Like, she should kill him. He failed her. Somebody got through after she told him no more bodies. It's too close. No, I don't, don't totally agree. I don't totally agree. There's a lot of circumstances and, uh, you know, you can't catch that. You think they're going to go to that last house and then they keep going. Yeah, well, you know, yeah I know. Keep in mind, but this Croker is still probably the... They're the, stretched the, the, thin. The, they're, they're stretched thin and Croker's the lady's favorite. Let's be honest. But yeah, that's another, that's another reason. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not disappointed, don't get me wrong. I'm not disappointed that Croker is still alive, but I feel like the threat loses some of its mm, importance if you make the threat and then you make the threat again. Well, there's already a precedence for that. Remember when 
Whisper. It doesn't make it any less ineffective. When Whisper but was there's dealing, a reason each time. Yes, but when matter. Whisper was dealing excuses with the are Duke, excuses. You don't give excuses to the Taken. He says that twice in these stretch of chapters. Yes, well, that's probably his experience with the older Taken. But remember, Whisper is only freshly Taken. She's probably still really in touch with her humanity and the fact that she has to work as a team player. And you she, think she still masturbates? You know, probably I would relieve some stress and <laughs> take, take the edge off. But I think there's there's a precedent for her tactics of threatening but not following through. It sounds ineffectual, is what it sounds like. Feather departs on her carpet with Lisa. She's willing to go. She fought tooth and nail not to go with the men of the Black Company. But the minute Feather looks into her eyes and brings her along, she just goes. She's going to get an upgrade probably, right? I don't know if they're going to take her. I kind of doubt it. She doesn't seem to have any no. skills other than brains. Well, well, do you oh, think okay. that was some sort of like mystical power that Feather was using on her, or I think she trusts women more than she trusts men? Well, I think it's pr- um, that was probably true, but even so, I... remember she doesn't have any power right now. She couldn't sense that Shed was alive. Like she's spent. Mm. I she's probably going to have a hard time controlling that carpet on the way back. So they spend a lot of time questioning Shed. They spend hours and hours working on him, trying to figure out what Lisa knows. We've already kind of been over this. But Croker assesses Shed as kind of a pathetic human being. However, we get some foreshadowing here. It's actually an allusion to the future because something in Shed's character, there's that glimmer of his conscience that's still there. And Croker recognizes it. And he says that he's including all of these horrible deeds of Shed's in the annals because of how he behaved in the future. Croker said he had a hidden streak of charity and decency, and we've seen that with his mother, with oh, yeah. Asa. And then we were we were meta-gaming or meta-reading into it. They're like, why is everything focused on Shed? This is just an innkeeper. I'm like, well, there must be, he must play a bigger part in the future. He must, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So life sort of returns to normal, but now Shed has a black company shadow named Pawnbroker. But he opens up the next morning just like normal. Goblin is sent to deal with Lisa's father, who did not actually have a letter from her to deliver to Bullock in case she went missing. But he did know too much, so Goblin had to kill him. Poor guy. He didn't want to. He was upset that he had to do it. He said that it was easier when they were fighting the rebel because you knew who was who and you knew what to do. The rebel's an enemy in any form, but this was an innocent man who got caught up in something that had nothing to do with him. Not even caught up. He just knew somebody. It was an ancillary, yeah. Well, if it's your neck or their neck, what are you going to do, right? You kill the old man, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is where I call shenanigans on the story. Shed goes back to his bar like nothing has happened. Isn't he playing dead? He only had to play dead for Lisa. Yes, but isn't Lisa going to be spilling her guts? Is Lisa ever going to come back? No. But isn't there going to be some sort of follow-up from the Taken? I'm like, well, who else was working with Shed? What else is going on at that bar? There's a million other questions, and then they... When no more bodies go up, it won't matter. That's true. So long as he never takes another body, they might be okay. This is Shed we're talking about. I know. (laughs) This is doomed, man. It's doomed. He's got to take at least one more. We have to see what happens when the Dominator gets out. Ah, I don't want to know. It's so scary. The Dominator's not getting out. He better get out after all this. He better. Croker returns uphill to man the blockade. And for two days, he's bored out of his mind, but no more bodies are delivered to the Black Castle. 
And then he wonders how long before they realized they had been cut off and did something to get the meat supply moving again. If they're that close, the impetus would be insane. Like they would. They attacked Feather, so they know something's going on, that someone's opposing them. They're going to start sending people out. I think that's the reason why we can assume Sue. However they're using her, it is going towards the castle. That is the reason why the Taken knows. Because if they're so close and they only need one more body, wouldn't they just use Sue's? I think maybe they just wanted to have some fun with Sue beforehand. Well, they're already counting her. So, like, if they have two more spots, Sue's one. You know, that type of thing. They can add her when they're ready to, but they're probably going to ruin her before they do. But I think that's part of being evil. And I think that evil, in a way, is what's feeding the Black Castle. So you might be right. It's probably not a plot hole. He's too smart for that, realistically, Glenn Cook is. So they're probably committing acts of evil on her, and that's helping feed the castle. Something to that effect. I don't know. Well, you know, and the truth is, if you're that close, I mean, they could just do this random Hail Mary, just rush into the city, grab a whole bunch of people, and go back. And the response would be so delayed, it would be too late. There are not enough people in the Black Company present right now for just a simple little trick to work. You know, put a sign up in the main square. You know, we're buying used clothes. All these people would start flooding up there. They wouldn't have to go get anybody. They're so close. They know they're under watch. They know they've been cornered off. And you're right. They're they're. They, not going to say desperate times call for desperate measures, but... Evil times call for evil measures. The gig's up, right? They're that close. And they know that the lady and the lady's emissaries... I wonder if they're aware that it's her. I have to imagine that they are, but I, I don't really know. It seems like they are really aware. Even when, say, every time that... Shed came up and he had somebody. Well, when he had Sue, they were all out there waiting for him. That's the other thing. It's like, it seemed to me like there's some kind of trigger going on. Not a trigger exactly, but like you said, they knew that Shed was bringing somebody. And their excitement, like they had, everybody had come out and was hiding in the shadows. But there were a lot of them there waiting for Sue. So it's like, can they sense him and his motivation? Because he was doing that one, like Yule said, for revenge. It wasn't out of desperation. It wasn't like Raven where he just needed money. Maybe they knew that there was no body there. And the only thing he was bringing was a live person. So we're like, yes. Hmm. But remember, they are to watch because even when Croker was scouting out the area, he saw movement. Somebody, yeah, he waved at something. Yep. And then when Feather showed up and they just blasted her out of the air. Got too close. Yeah, I just think we don't see it, but I think they're on a very heightened state of alert. Yule, did you read beyond these chapters? No. It seemed like you might have because you were suggesting to me that the next few chapters were awesome. I may know a little bit about what happens in the next chapter. I bet you let the audiobook run when you were almost asleep and so you heard some stuff you shouldn't have heard. <laughs> uh, I woke up and yeah. it's like, what am I listening to? Well, we're going to be moving on to chapters 31 to 36 for the next episode. That's episode six. Nine days time, barring catastrophe. Do you guys have anything to add, or should we just close it down? This is a good set of chapters. It's just been a good book. Been enjoying it quite a bit. Every single time, I think something's going to explode, and it doesn't. So, like, the buildup just gets higher and higher and higher. And I'm still scared. I'm scared more than ever. Oh, yeah. It doesn't look good, man. It does not look good. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the next one. Welcome back to the Black Company, everybody.